Let's start with the scripture. Psalm 78 verse 41. Psalm 78 verse 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. You know, this is talking about the children of Israel. They tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. You know the story of the children of Israel very well and we don't want to go into all that. You know how they grumbled and murmured and doubted and complained. We should all have died in Egypt while bringing us to these. And then they had manna and they complained about manna and they pushed this guy. They did one manner of stuff. And out of all the people, now I want you to consider this, out of all the people that left the place uh, of bondage, how many people really got to the promised land? Almost all of them above the age of 40 died. It's ridiculous. That's hundreds of thousands of people died within that short time of 40 years. Because you would think 40 years is long, but it's a short time for all those people to have died. Do you understand what I mean by that? It's long, but it's a short time for all of those people to have died. They limited God. Listen to this. What you need to know is this. The Bible says it brought them out so that it can bring them in. Now, so you would know, God's agenda was not for all of them to die in the wilderness. God didn't bring them out of Egypt so that he would kill all of them before they get to the promised land. That was not agenda of God, but they this is a strong word, but they limited God from doing it the way he had planned to do it. This is strong now. This is serious. They limit, the Bible says they limited the only one of Israel. They tempted him again and again. They grumbled, they complained, they disbelieved. You read Psalm 109, they disbelieved him. They did all manner of stuff. So much more that they could not enter into the promised land, which was the original agenda of God for their lives. They again and again they tempted him. So much more that they limited the only one of Israel. They limited God. Now, when we say such word, it sounds too powerful because it's like saying, can we limit God? Let me explain that before I continue. You cannot limit God, but you can limit what God manifests in your life. So that's what it means by the limited God. You see, they can't stop God, but they stop themselves from reaching the promised land. Are you following me now? They, they, you see, you can't. God is unlimited God. But you see, within what he wants to do for us, listen to this, get this clear. You need to understand that you are extremely powerful and you are extremely instrumental in the things that happen in your life that's where i'm going and that's what they say you know all the time we talk about devil and just let the devil think he's so important no we are more important than the devil in our own lives and you are so strategically positioned in your own destiny you're so strategically positioned in the fulfillment of your purpose that the most important factor in your life is you listen 
the most important factor in your life is you. The most important factor in determining what's going to happen in your life is you, not the devil. I'll say that again. The most important factor is you. You are the most important factor. Listen to this. God has done everything. God is not even the issue now because he has done everything. The Bible says it is finished. Look at your neighbor tell the person it is finished. That's, it says saying that all things were now accomplished. It didn't say some things were accomplished. He didn't say, you know, he didn't leave, he, 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 you know, he saved us but he left our deliverance undone. He didn't say he delivered us and then he said we'll be sanctified later. He, no, 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 no. Because forget about all those wrong doctrines that you're... Listen, listen to this. He will say all things were now accomplished. Full stop. That's the word of God. Forget about what people read into it. Forget about what we call our fathers of faith, what they have read into it. All things were now accomplished. And then he say, I thirst, and then he moves on and he say, you know, and then of course, you know the final word. It is finished. Now listen to this. Don't you sit down and consider for a minute that God doesn't want you to be blessed. And don't you sit down and consider for a minute that God wants your life to be limited. It's not possible. We serve a limitless, unlimited God. Don't you think for a minute that your dream is bigger than God? Don't you think for a minute that what you're going through, God has planning to contain you and confine you so that he can deal with you? It's not true. Because, you see, human beings, we don't like to take responsibility for our own lives. And so, we have two options. Therefore, if you don't want to take opportunity, for those of us who are very good, you don't want to blame your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister. So, the next person to blame will either be the devil or God. But unfortunately, you see, you can't blame God because he's done everything that he could have done for you. Praise God. He's done everything. He, what is? The Bible says, who did not spare his only begotten son, how can he not? How will he not? How shall he not freely give unto you all things? In other words, wait a minute. There is nothing more important for God to give to you than what he has given. And so everything you're going to ask today, whether you want to build your life or your, your house in the moon, it's below the son that he has given to you. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. It's below it. It's below what he has already done. So you can't blame him. Look at some third person, you can't blame God. <laughs> third person, there's no space for that. Uh, you, you can't, no, it's not possible. Now, if you now begin to blame the devil, then I have a problem here. For the Bible says that he cannot have mastery over us. Jesus said, I beheld Satan, fell like lightning from heaven, Luke 10, 19. I saw him when he fell. So if he is falling and then he determines how your life moves, there is a problem here now. Because if someone is on the floor, determines how the life of someone who stands goes, then I'm afraid for you. And the truth is, the devil is not the one doing a lot of stuff you, ask, you think he's the one doing. But you see, the only thing we're trying to remove from the equation is me. Is me. And then I tell us all the time, as long as you refuse to take responsibility for your life, you lose the capacity to effect change. You lose it. it, it it's, not, it's automatic. It's not, it's, that's not devil. As long as you refuse to take responsibility, you lose the capacity to effect change because you have to first be responsible before you take action. 
And if you don't take responsibility, you're not going to take action. And if you don't take action, you can't effect change. So someone's life remains in the same position until they decide to do something about it. What I'm telling you is this. Let it not be that you are the one limiting yourself. Let it not be. Let it not be. You can even, let's even assume that it's the devil that is messing stuff up. Until you take responsibility for it, you still will not effect change. It doesn't matter who's caused you problem. Listen, it doesn't matter who messed you up. It doesn't matter who's causing you a problem. It doesn't matter who, cut, who broke your heart. It doesn't matter who stole your money. It doesn't matter who... St- Listen, until you take responsibility for it, you will not be able to effect change. So most of the limitations that people experience is self-inflicted limitations. But I thank God that as you're listening to this, that ignorance will be destroyed from the root. For the entrance of his word gives light and understanding that ignorance is destroyed right now. Ignorance is destroyed right now. Ignorance is destroyed right now. I pray that God supplies you grace and capacity to stand for yourself and to stand on the word of God and to stand on his promises and to take authority over the works of the devil and to believe God completely and absolutely that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever think or imagine according to the power that works in you, not according to the power that the devil whips, but according to the power that works in you. You are the most important factor. According to the power that works in you. So you are important. And if you know you are important, praise God. Because that means my life is in my hands. Oh, come on. Yeah, I say, I know you now. You're saying my life is in God's hand. I know that. It's important to understand this. So that we don't sit down and complain. I say, I've said this, I don't know how many times in the past few weeks. I have concluded that God does not show favoritism. You see, not because I read it in the Bible. That's why I didn't quote any scripture. I'm not quoting scripture. Do you understand? I'm not, I am not quoting scripture. I am telling you that I am persuaded that God doesn't show favoritism. And so I need to ask myself questions about what I'm doing and the places and the things that I've been able to do. I have to ask myself. Praise God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. We're quoting now. I. No, say, say, what, what's that word? I can. Who can? No, 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 get it clear. Who can? I can do all things. Now, and I says through Christ that strengthens me. Can I ask you one question? Is there any Christian that God doesn't strengthen? Come on, think about it. Is there any child of God believing God who God doesn't strengthen? Ask yourself that question. Is there any one of us that Jesus doesn't strengthen? Anyone? None. So if he's the one that strengthens us and you know you are strengthened, the only part left of the equation to do all things is I. 
That's what's left. It's I. It's, it's I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You see, if those are two parts now, the strength of Christ, praise God, and I. And if the strength of Christ can fail, I'm going to believe that the strength of Christ can fail. No, let's be sincere now because you've got to believe that first. Let it not be that I'm assuming an assumption is bad. You see, you, do you know that the strength of Christ cannot fail? You know that? Okay, thank you. So, 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 so we're on the same page. So if you know the strength of Christ can fail, and it says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That means as long as I receive strength from Christ, which can fail, the only other side to make the equation perfect, done, concluded, is I. Look at somebody, tell the person, you. You. Is I. Don't limit yourself. God is a God of increase. Say it to yourself. No, personalize it. My God. My God is a God of no limits. My God is a God of no limitations. My God is a God of abundance, of increase, of breaking barriers. My God is big. Speed. That's why that song is so important, it's so powerful. That he will not know and call him small boy. It's a mighty God. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Hallelujah. He's awesome. That's God. He's a God of increase. And many of us are quick to settle for what is below God. We're quick to settle for small stuff. We're quick, to quickly, we're quick to quickly settle <laughs> for something that is below what God has in store for us. It's like a student going to school and say, as long as I can score, I can pass all my courses. That's how many Christians live their life. It's not, as long as I can pass everything. That's not the kind of God you serve. Your God is not a God if I can pass everything. Your God is not a God if I can just kill through. Your God is not a God if I can just survive. That's not the kind of God you serve. If I can just pass all my courses. If I can just have food on the table. If I can just pay my bills. That's not the kind of God you serve. If, if, listen, if you're thinking like that, you're not thinking like your father. You're thinking like somebody else. You're limiting what God can do in your life. They limited the only one of Israel. That's not God, but that's what you want. That's what you think. That's the way you have limited yourself and the things that happens in your life. For as a man thinking in his heart, so he is, you are limiting yourself. Don't think like that. As long as I can just buy a car, that I will carry my children and my wife with I'm happy. You're even selfish. Because you're not even thinking about carrying somebody else. You're not even thinking about somebody, you're not even thinking about blessing somebody else. You're not even thinking about blessing the work of God. You're not even thinking about all that. You just as long as I have money to pay my bills, you're not even thinking about buying somebody a gift. It's selfish thought, limited thought. God is a big God. Don't limit him. 
Don't. Don't. So I want you to step out of every limitation. You are the one that will step out of it. We can't push you hard. The only push I can do is the push I'm doing now with the word. But you are the one that will make the decision to step out for yourself. Do you think you can actually do better than this? Do you think you can get a better life than this? Do you think you can, you can create more space for yourself? Do you think your influence can become bigger than this? Do you think God can open bigger and greater doors than you are doing? Do you think God can take you out of where you are now? Do you think everything you have to do in your life is to earn some salary? That's all. As long as you put yourself in the midst of 12 people and say you, you earn the largest salary, you are glad. You are limited. You are frustrated. I mean, I understand what I'm talking about. Don't limit your God. Think outside of the box. Break every barrier by yourself. Your God is big and mighty. Don't limit him. Praise the Lord. Don't. And listen to this. Some of us are saying, but pastor, you don't understand my situation. You know, I've already had to face a lot of things and a lot of things are happening. You know what? I don't care. You know why? Not because I don't love you. But because, you see, caring and pitying you and crying for you doesn't, won't change your situation. The only thing that will change your story is you stand up for yourself and refuse it. The only thing that will change your story is to change your thought and change your thinking. And tell that devil he is not able to dictate what happens in your life. And tell that devil, you know what, I have a different agenda for my life. And tell that devil, you know what, God has a different agenda for my life. And tell whatever it is, whoever it is, whatever is going on, I'm not going to sit down here and feel sorry for myself. And feel confined and contained and boxed up and locked up in a cupboard. And continue to feel sorry for myself. Look at somebody tell the person, my case is not a sorry case. It's not a sorry, sorry case. For God works all things together for the good of those that love him. Maybe you don't believe God. Those who are called according to the person. Listen to this. On the side of God, everything is perfect. Hey. On the side of God, everything is done. Fully done. Perfect, finished, settled, received, yours. Let's do some elementary study. Look at Moses. Moses. You're not the only one who has things that factors that want to limit you. But if you let if you let it, it's you. Because God will supply you all strength. I can do all things through. Christ. It was a through Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory. And as long as I've got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Hallelujah. Look at some third person, you're too blessed. Third person, you're too gifted. You are too anointed. You are too intelligent. You're too wise. You are too graced. To remain small. Too blessed. You're too anointed. You get it. Listen, you have to tell yourself. This is no arrogance. This is confession. You have to tell yourself. I listen to this. I know that whatever I've been able to do today is extremely too small. 
And I know not for me alone, I know for you also. Because I know some of you are yet to be your million, own your millions. You are yet to own your houses. And I know that's not the plan of God for your life. I know God has a bigger plan for you. I know if now you trek to church, God wants you to buy your own car. And I know God doesn't just want you to buy the car and do some finance. I, want, I know God wants you to pay cash. I know. You might not be there yet, but get your mind there. I know that you're still paying mortgage on your house and God wants you to pay the house up and buy another one cash. I know that that's what God wants for you. And until we get there and beyond, we can't stop. Because even when we get there, we're just starting. God has a plan for you. Don't limit your mind. Don't limit your mind. Leave the devil alone. Talk to yourself. Change your thought. Change your thinking. See a big God. Moses felt limited by his inability to speak. That didn't stop his destiny. Because what you don't know is if you are ready to show up, there is an error. <laughs> Look at some that person. If I show up, there's an Aaron. You, you see what you listen, listen. When God called Moses, God knew whether I could talk or not. If God decided to do all these things for you, if He knows all things before the foundations of the world, He knew all your limitations before He said, I want to make you a blessing. So don't you think you're coming up with some great surprise for God? You understand? Don't you think you're going to show God some revelations of stuff he doesn't know about you? Don't you think you're going to show God, God, you didn't know how bad he was? Don't you even think that God, listen, you, God can never be surprised. You're only surprised because you're limited in knowledge. Listen to this. God knows all things. There's no surprise. Before you bring it to the table, he, he knew before you were born. I'll get to that very soon. Let me just go on with this. I'm going to know Gideon. Gideon was so limited in his mind and in the smallness of his clan that even when he was called a mighty man of valor, he said, how can I be? My father's house is so tiny. God knew his father's house was small before he called him mighty man of valor. That meant it doesn't matter to God that the clan was small. Look at some of the even if your clan is small, it doesn't matter. Because, you see, I think it's in your Bible also that God can pick a man from a donkey and will promote him in a flash and cause him to sit with princes. And they were going to reverse the error of servants riding on horses while princes are grinding mortars. Oh my God. Gideon felt limited. And then, and then for God to now show him that, you know what, I'll really show you that I don't need much about you. God scraped his army to 300. Listen to this. God is on your side. Nothing can stop you. No matter how small your resources are, in fact, it is better. Because then you will know that this is the Lord's doing. And it is a marvelous in our sight. It doesn't matter how unable you are. God doesn't call the most able people. He likes people who are false. So that when God finishes with them, they will know this is not me. This is God. Because more of, listen to this. If God calls someone who is absolutely done, you have all the money, you have all the strength, you have all the, all the confidence, you have everything put together. Hallelujah. No limitation. Tell you one funny story. How many people know Graham Kendricks? Graham Kendricks that sings, I write chants and all those. 
He has a serious, basic music limitation. You know what it is? Timing. As basic. You know how many songs he's written? You know what he's writing? Basic, basic, basic timing. In fact, I've been in a training before that he was training us. A long time ago, I think it was 1998, in Nigeria, that he was training. And he was explaining that, you see, listen, listen. The people who are doing stuff that you are not doing, many of them are worse than you in that particular thing. You can't be limited. You cannot. You cannot. I think it was the last World Cup, European Cup, they were interviewing Ronaldo about his injury. And he said something that shook me to my foundation. You know what he said? He said, injury is nothing. He said, I play every game with injury. Wow. Whether I, whether I was just packaged for him to see it or whatever, but it was still mind-blowing. And, but that's the truth. You see footballers with injury. Can you see Chelsea now? Three of them or two of them are wearing a mask. Broken nose. Diego Costa, broken nose. Broken nose. Yeah, You understand? Sometimes they exaggerate it anyway. But, you know, but anyway, but he's broken nose. But the guy is continuing. But we, that we have the, the, the business of heaven to do, we sit down complaining that we are limited. There are many examples. The disciples of Jesus had five loaves and two fishes, and they thought they were limited. But Jesus was not limited. For if he's in the hand of God, look at some third person, because my life is in his hands. <laughs> oh, look at some third person, my life is in his hands. Peter denied Jesus three times, and then he had to face being a pillar in the church. Do you know how difficult that was? No, think about it. You just denied this guy three times. And then the guy comes back to you and says, Peter, 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 feed my flock. Do you know how embarrassing that is? Anybody think he's embarrassing? This is just the guy who can even stand a 12-year-old girl and deny and say, what are you talking about, Jesus? I don't know you. Is he black or yellow or white? I don't know him. Deny Jesus. Do you know how embarrassing? Some of you have not done anything as bad as that. And then God says, I want you to do something. Say, God, I'm not good enough. You know, God, if you know all my story, if you know all my story, I'll just leave that choir alone and leave the usher alone and just leave everything. You are limiting yourself. It's not devil that is limiting you. Because sometimes in church, that's what we also teach people. Tell them, you know, we need to keep some people off doing God's work and keep them doing usher. Sometimes I'm thinking whether some pastors have Bible or whether they don't have, I, I don't even understand because most of the things they do in church is not in the Bible. Three times this guy denied Jesus. And immediately Jesus stepped and said, feed my flock. For God's sake. If we were a pastor now, if Pastor Lincoln does the same, that pastor does not even understand spiritual things. But I'm okay if Jesus also did not understand spiritual things. Do you understand? Don't be limited. Look at something limited. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Jeremiah felt like a small child. He said, I'm on. God says, before you were formed, I called you. So, in fact, when, how old are you now, Jeremiah? Maybe you will say, oh, God, I'm just 10. He said, when, before you were zero, I called you. Now, tell me how small you are. You, you are in other words, God was telling that you are already too old. You are already too old. You are saying you are 10, you are too young. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I have known you. I knew it. I called it. Before you became zero, before your mom and your dad 
toasted himself. Before. I knew you before that. Back, back date your age. And see that when you were minus one billion, I had called you. Now you are 10. You are too old. You better start this thing. I'm not understand what I'm talking about. You see, you can't, no, no, you can't complain about anything. Before you discover that there is no money to do that thing, God called you. Before you discover that you don't, you know, I really am a shy person. Do you know how many shy people have become greatest speakers in the world? I'm a shy person. You cannot listen. Nothing. If God wants to use you, God wants to use you. Let me tell you one funny thing about myself. Some of you think I can talk. You see, I can keep quiet for, for one full day and not talk to anybody. It's management. It's my calling. That's why I talk. When I was in school, listen, when all the class sits down, I will count like five rows and sit. They, you are not confident enough to come and talk to me. I don't talk to anybody. I don't go to library. I didn't have library card. Not to even say going to library. I don't read book with anybody. I don't pray with anybody. I don't have somebody pray with me. Let's join out together. Let's do nothing. One man riot. Some people will even say, ah, ah, calm down. Even the confidence to come and tell me to calm down. It will take you time. I used to have a friend then. You will just see you the only one. You say, ah, some people will think you're a bad person. Say, let them think what they want to think. But listen to this. That is something that could be a limitation for what I'm doing today. But it has not limited me. You know, listen to this. With God on your side, don't grumble about anything. Don't say, I am unable. You are able. Look at someone, tell the person, my brother, you are able. Tell the person, you can do all things through Christ. Great apostle Paul, tongue-talking, miracle-walking, had a tongue in his flesh. Don't, I'm not going to go into all the details of that. Had a tongue in his flesh. And he said, I cried to the Lord many times. Please take it away from me. God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. God, listen to this. I'll tell you one thing now. Let, let me just show you something. God wanted to prove to Paul that with your weakness, I can still use you. And don't you think you are any better Oh, come on. I don't know. I, I don't want you to get this wrong. Don't you think you are any better by getting rid of everything and coming to me as if you are all by yourself? Say, I need you to always submit to my grace. I need you to be at a position where you can always cry and say, Lord, not about me. It's about you. I need you to always be at that point. So don't let that limit you. In fact, the more reason why you should press in more into God. Am I talking to anybody now? Am I talking to you? You are not limited in life until you submit to the limiting factors. I'll repeat. You are not limited until you submit to the limiting factors. So in other words, I have not said that there are no limiting factors. That's why I give you these examples. I haven't said that. I haven't said there are no limiting factors. For instance, you might want to do something and then there is no money. You might want to do something and think you are not uh, as talented. You might not want to do something and there is no support structure. You might want to do something. And, and I, I'm not saying that, that there are no limiting factors. What I'm saying is this. You are not limited until you submit to them. You are not. You are not. Until 
you submit to them. To whom you yield your members, you become slaves. You are not limited until you submit to limiting factors. I want that to sink in. I want that to sink in. There are limiting factors around where you can stand your ground and say, uh uh-uh. uh. If Gideon can be running away in one corner, God calls him a mighty man of valor. I'm still a mighty man of valor. If Jesus Christ could feed 5,000 people when there were no money, and then the disciples say, Jesus, what are you thinking about? Feed these people. Forget about it, Jesus. This is not one of those miracles you want to do. Let's get people's salary. Can't feed them. Jesus says, is there anything? Five loaves and two fishes. Because they wanted Jesus to submit to the limiting factors. The limiting factors were there. How many people know that? It was true. You were not supposed. It wasn't every time that Jesus fed people with two fishes. And two. It wasn't every time. Some other time they just buy enough food to eat. But at that time, there was a limiting factor. There was no sufficient money. There was no sufficient food. And the disciples wanted him to submit to it. But Jesus refused to submit to that limiting factor. He said, this is limiting, but we can get over it. We can get over it. Don't submit to those factors. Stand and take authority and fight them and refuse them and tell yourself, no way in the world. I'm not going to back out because of this. I'm not going to surrender because of this. I'm not going to sabotage. I'm not going to destroy my dream and my purpose because of this. This is here, but this will go because I will overcome this and go beyond this and press and break the barrier. Get to be desperate enough not to let the devil keep your mouth shut. Hallelujah. So, bringing it to a close. So, how exactly did they limit God? I'll tell you one or two things and then we'll close. You can limit God from everything I've said. Your thinking pattern can limit God. As a man thinking in his heart, so he is. Your mindset is the number one. Listen to this. Your life is the size of your mind. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence. The heart there, you see there are many usage for heart. The heart there is more of your mind. What goes into you. The gate into your life. Now, it's a guard it. So the word guard now suggests to you that it's like a gate. Do you understand what I mean? It's like a door into your life. So it says guarding. In other words, put security guards on it. Do you understand what I mean? So what he's saying is, you know what? Set some guards on your heart. Put some machine gun and missiles outside of your heart so that you destroy everything that wants to come in. You understand what I mean? Guard it with all diligence. In other words, be brutal with it. Be serious with it. If anything wants to get in, if you don't like it, kill it. Destroy it. That's what it means. Put a gate over your heart and put artillery there. Get some machine guns. Get missiles. Get everything. Guard your heart. You know why I say that? Because out of it are the issues of life. In other words, it detects the flow, the pattern, the outcome of your life. It dictates the pattern, the outcome of your life. Your mindset can limit God. And that's why I've been telling you, don't see a small God. Don't see a God who is sick and tired of you. Don't see a God who just want to break your head. Don't see a God who is grumbling. Don't see that kind of God. Don't see a God who wants to deal with you. You know, many of us are used to, you know, we see the way we see people around us, that's the way we see God. You know, if you offend a big man, he says, I'm going to deal with you. <laughs> so that's the way we see God. He's going to deal with you. No, no, that, that's God. God's not like that. God is not like that. God is not like that. Hallelujah. 
Maybe we should read Isaiah 26 verse 3 just to encourage you. It says you will keep in perfect peace. Whose mind whose mind whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Whose mind is stayed on you. Let your mind stay on God. Let your mind stay on the word of God. Let your mind stay on the standard of God. Ah, Let your mind stay on him. He'll keep in perfect peace those who are stayed on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, where is your mind? With the devil? Weaknesses? Inabilities? What people say? What they say, what they thought. People who are in your past. People who talk about what you did bad last night. People who complain about the fact that you're, you're not smart enough. What's your mind on? The only thing that guarantees peace of life is those whose mind is stayed on him. It'll keep them in perfect peace. Because when their mind is stayed on him, it proves that they trust him. Do you understand what I mean? It proves that it were the trust him. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Proves that the trust him. It keep them in perfect peace. Verse 4 says, trust in the Lord forever. Your mindset can limit God. And many people are not aware that they're limiting God. Take the limit off by believing God and trusting him for everything he says concerning you. Oh my God. I'll say that again. You don't have to take that limit off. Take it off by believing in him. It will keep him perfectly. Those who heart, when their heart is stayed on him because they trust in him. So how do you take that limit off? Take it off by believing in him and relying on him and trusting him trusting him absolutely for everything that he says concern you. He says you are a blessing. You are not cursed. You are blessed. You shall be the head. You shall not be the tail. By the stripes of Jesus you are healed. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Let your mind be like that. Open your mind up by trusting him and believing him for the word. So the only way out is the word of God. Says you should renew in your mind, renew your mind with word, with the word of God. You need to renew. That's how to take that limit off. That limit that is making you think small, making you think evil, making you feel sorry for yourself, feel sad for yourself, feel like look, the devil is a liar. Take it off. Hallelujah. Number two, many people are limited by self-imposed walls. Self-imposed, decreed. Now, this is, I'm, I, know, I'm, I'm, I don't know whether I'm going to preach this, maybe this, I'll do this next week. You remember Jeremiah in, in Zechariah when they were about to do the world? The one man showed up and he had a measuring line in his hand. And while the angel was speaking, he said, another angel, he said, drop it. He says, because I don't want Jerusalem to be built with walls. He said, I will be their wall. Oh, come on. That's such a revelation. Listen to this. Many of us are limited by building walls around ourselves. Zechariah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 5. You know, we build walls around ourselves. And let me see which verse I would like to read because of time. Now, verse 5. Who said to him, run 
run, run, listen to this. Speak to this young man saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. God said, I'm not going to put walls around Jerusalem. You know why? If I put walls, then I determine the population. <laughs> but if I take the walls off, then I, the, the population cannot be determined. In other words, they can grow beyond bounds and boundaries. Oh, come on. Are you getting that? He said, I, he said don't put a wall around. But you know why you want to put a wall around? Because wall signifies security. Because those who don't trust God, they create their own security. You know why it works? You're always thinking about the enemy. You are not thinking about God. You know why it works? You want to feel secured within your own border. You want to feel in control and feel in charge, which is a sign that you don't trust God. Come on. You know what he says? If for I, for I say the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will beat the glory in her midst. Look at some of them and say, take the wall off. Tear the wall down. Every fear, every security, every, every fear. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. The fear of the unknown. No, I'm, not, I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to manage this like this. I'm not going to, no, 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 no. I'm not going to apply for that kind of stuff. No, I'm not going to apply for it. They say there's a promotion in your office. No, 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 no. I don't think I'm good enough for that. I'll just stay here. They say, no, no, they say, no, 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 no. That's not my portion. I, I'm happy with what God has given to me. No, God has not given you anything world. Break the walls down. Break the walls. And look at some of say, break the walls down. Because God didn't put a wall in your life, break them down. And you are worried. People have walls or principles. This is my principle. I don't like anybody messing about with my principle. That's why your life is caged. That's why your life is caged. This is my principle. You know, listen, if it's not God's principle, trash it. Trash it. Don't build words that God has not built. You listen, 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 listen. I've told you, leave the devil on one side. Let's talk about you first. Break those words down. Which words do you have around your career? Which words do you have around your service to God? I remember a man of God was saying something. He said he, 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 he said he had this word of knowledge and a word of you know. He said, but he's always afraid to say it. He said because you know people have said you know you can't make mistake. You know he has to be exact. He has to be King James English. And then he was limited. Until he broke down those words and started exercising his gift. Many of us are so gifted, but there are so many words keeping you inside. You are confined and contained. Just too many walls. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that those walls are being destroyed right now. In the name of Jesus, those walls are being destroyed right now. Whatever I put the word of, the walls are being destroyed right now. The words that God, God is your wall. He said their wall will be salvation. In that place, he said, I will be a wall of fire around them. God is already keeping you in shape. The Bible says, Job, God built an edge around Job. Not Job built an edge around himself. Don't let your life be limited by unnecessary words that are rising up to guard your life and cage it and put it in place. Praise the Lord. Break down the words around your life limiting God. You don't need any other security. God is securing you. Oh God, hallelujah. This takes a lot of faith and trust in God. Amen. Let me say one or two more. Many people are in that because of feelings of unworthiness. This is what the devil does. And sometimes that's what we teach people. You know, as you are. 
Look at your neighbor and tell the person, God is not mad at you. The feelings of worthiness, because one of the greatest things the devil can do to make someone's life contained and trapped is for them to feel guilt. Not they see, the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. In other words, there are two types of sorrow: godly sorrow and devilish sorrow. Devilish sorrow holds your life bound. And most listen to this: many people are not limited by anything except their own guilt. Let me tell you what you're going to do with that today. You're going to say, God, once and for all, this guilt is gone. If it's unforgiveness that is holding you bound, in this meeting, you're going to say, Lord, I let go every unforgiveness. If it's bitterness that is holding you bound, I let go. Those things, they hold your life like that. They just... Look at the person, live a life of no limits. No limits, no limits, no limits, no limits. Bitterness lock you up. It's 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 guilt locks you up. The devil wants to point a cutie finger. Every hand that is pointed against you is burnt in Jesus' name. Amen. The devil wants to point an accusing finger against you. Now listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. That's not the desire of God concerning your life. Do you understand what I mean? That no, 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 no. You need to stand in what God thinks about you. You guilt doesn't make your life better. Repentance does. Guilt doesn't make you feel any better. No, it just to say, Lord, this is who I am. God loves you with an everlasting love. His grace is sufficient. His mercy, they are new every morning. His loving kindness, the fail not. That's what you need to key on. That's what you need to stand on. And your life becomes better when you stand on what Jesus has done for you. So don't allow guilt and unworthiness. Oh, we, your unworthy servants. When are you going to be worthy? Tomorrow? When Jesus died the second time? No, that's not going to happen. He died once and for all. Oh God, behold you, you sinners. And that's why you are limited. Because when you're supposed to stand and take authority, you're not able to do it. Because the devil is dragging you back and putting you down and saps your confidence, destroys your confidence. You know what guilt does and unworthiness? It destroys your confidence. But we need to be confident. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. Do you know how many times God told Joshua to be courageous? I don't want to go there because it will take my time. In fact, let me, let me say one funny thing. You know, after God had told him many times to be courageous, if you read towards the end of the even the people of the land, after all said that, no, they also said, hey, Joshua, before you can lead us, please be strong and be courageous. Not just God. Even the people told him finally, bros, be strong, and be courageous. If not, we are stubborn people. <laughs> we will show you. <laughs> we, you will, <laughs> we will show you something. Just be, be strong and be courageous. It's so serious. And what the devil does by feelings of worthiness and guilt is to sap that confidence. It's to destroy that. That was what killed Samson. Samson felt so bad in himself that even final, final prayer, even though he knew God was going to answer him, but he thought he needed to die with him. And he said, for this last shot, let me kill all of them and I'll die also. Because he fell, my eyes are gone, everything is finished, I might as well die. You shall not die. Amen. But you shall live to declare the works of God. Amen. Emotionally, you will not die. Psychologically, you will not die. Mentally, you will not die. 
you will be awake and strong and powerful to declare the works of God. That's what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, that's what you're going to do. And in the same way, before I close, that goes with scars. Some of us, our scars are stopping us, is limiting us. You know what I mean by that? The pain of your yesteryears. The pain, the, the disappointments of yesterday introduces fear and controls your life. And you're watching every step you take. You're suspicious of everything. You're thinking someone is going to cheat you again. Someone is going to jilt you again. Someone is going to do something again. Someone is going to, no, 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 no. Someone is going to disappoint you again. No. Someone is going to say no again. So, the devil is a liar. No, 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 no. The devil is a liar. It limits your life. You're watching every step. If somebody smiles too much, you're suspicious. Why are they laughing again now? Why are they laughing? You're looking at yourself as if you've pooped on yourself. Why are they laughing now? No. Because of the scars of yesterday. Come on, move on. Can you help me push to somebody? Tell the person, my sister, move on. Oh yeah, tell that brother, move on. Just tell the person, move on with your life. Don't sit down with the pain of yesterday, the hearts of yesterday, the scars of yesterday. Move on in your life because your God is able to do a new thing in your life. Behold, it shall spring forth. And if you don't open your heart and trust God that it will do a new thing, your life is limited. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah.